0: Welcome to the Entertainment Toasty 2.0. The Entertainment Toasty. Welcome back to the Toasty. It's been a long, long summer. I'm here in the month of September after a long summer break. Our last show was the Euros special. So think about that. Uh, We're here with Ed Lambert. Hello. And down under, but not in Australia,
1: in New Zealand, Dan Dunkley. Even further under, yeah. Hello. And myself, Steve Woods, of course.
0: So yeah, we were just chatting before we started the record there about the Euros. (laughs) Uh, There were some predictions made and people need to be, you know, have their kind of comeuppance. So Dan, Raheem Sterling, a damning assessment of him before the tournament. And some people might say probably one of England's best performers.
1: Yeah, big humble pie for me there. Sterling was England's best player, probably definitely best attacking player. You know, for once he brought he brought his A game to a big tournament, and he hadn't done that before. There was, you know, there was kind of reasoning behind my slating Sterling. That was like three three or four tournaments beforehand with no goals. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, he was pretty brilliant apart from the final, the the one where it mattered, obviously, and he was absolutely shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a dig in there, and that's good. <laughs> Isolated Luke Shaw as well, which is, um, you know, I mean that looks even more stupid, to be honest. Um, well, equally stupid um, in terms of terrible predictions. I've never seen Luke Shaw play that well. Um, I, I, I'm actually like speechless, to be honest, because he was unbelievable and obviously scored a volley in the final. I mean, he was he's he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I mean, humble pie, once again, double He's serving. He's
0: stuffed. He's stuffed full of humble pie.
1: <laughs> so it's it's yeah. like
0: coming out of his mouth. Um, well, never mind. You know, we can't all be fantastic football pundits, Dan, but, you know, you gave it a shot. Um, yeah. What would you... Let's, let's. Let's. I think Lambert's was... The only silly one from Lambert was uh, Connor Cody. He didn't feature, so Lambert put him
2: in the back four. Him or Mings. You know what? I think maybe Connor Cody would have done better. Possibly.
0: Well, let's review the tournament. So we had the first game was England one Croatia nil, <laughs> then a nil nil draw with Scotland, then mm. a one nil win against the Czech Republic, two nil against Germany in the round of sixteen, then a four nil hammering of Ukraine in the quarters, uh, a lucky two one. When I say lucky, as in the fortunate penalty that put us through the 2-1 game against Denmark. And of course, we lost on penalties after 90 minutes. It was 1-1 in the final. So, Ed, how do you assess that? Good tournament?
2: For England, yeah. First time in my life getting to a final. That's incredible. You know, I actually, even though I predict every time that England might just win it, I always still think that there's also the same way there's a fair chance that I'd never see them in a in a major final. You know, you, all the years of sort of disappointment, you start to think, ah, oh, maybe maybe you'll just never see it. But now, the fact they've got to a semi final of the World Cup, now they've got to a final of it, the Euros, you think, well, maybe this generation can you know go a step further. Also, I do also I think a lot is in the sort of mentality of players, and I think history does weigh on. It shouldn't, but it does weigh on the mentality of a squad.
0: Man. Well, I thought, I thought it was a much more definitive tournament this time because we actually, you know, most people after the World Cup said, yeah, great to get to the semi-final, who did you beat? Whereas at least this time, you know, there was some fair, there was some half decent teams in there. You no, know? I mean, you'd say Croatia, not the best Croatia side, but you, they're a solid, uh, Germany Again, yeah, Germany, not, the best, yeah. not the best Germany side ever been out, but you know, you, you've, really, you've still got to be on your game to beat Germany in the finals. Yeah. And, and Denmark, you know, everyone was enjoying Denmark how Denmark were playing. So, I mean, none of those teams, I think, were easy pushover
2: games. Yeah, I think the problem is I've forgotten nearly everything. But the takeaway for me was like, you know, tournament football, there's always going to be teams that get, get through that you don't expect. And you know, the the fact that we beat Germany two 0 that was incredible. That was the highlight. Um, you know, because it didn't st- not game stuffing game. Ukraine is not really impressive. And the Denmark game, yeah, the, the shine was taken off by the dubious penalty given. Um, so yeah, to beat Germany, that was brilliant. And and to play so well, from my memory,
1: Dan. Well, you know, I think it was a good a good tournament, but it was there for the taking. It was there for the taking. What do you think about the final, Dan? um, Slow torture is how I would describe it. Um, Obviously, a great start, but then just like almost like the life being squeezed out of England to the extent that, you know, extra time, they just didn't look like troubling the Italians at all. Mind you, Italy didn't pose much of a threat either. I think they were happy to take penalties because they knew that they were quite good at penalties a few more adventurous substitutions or changes from Southgate, we could have won it because we started off with a certain formation, overwhelmed the Italians. Then we went 1-0 up. Then the Italians changed their formation. They changed all their tactics. And Southgate didn't respond to that accordingly. So that's why we just didn't have a kick, you know, for like 60-plus minutes and extra time.
0: Yeah, it felt to me like the only game of the tournament where it felt like the old England. Like, let's score. You know, if they scored earlier, then you were like, sit back, and they try to soak up the pressure, and it just didn't work. And I don't know why there was a mentality change in that game. Whether it was Maybe you're right. Maybe Italy made tactical changes, and it, it changed the game plan. I don't know. But it seemed like there was some sort of mm, mental block there. Oh, right, we've got the lead. Let's try and hang. Maybe we've got the quality this time to hang on to it. I thought it was the wrong attitude. I thought they should have gone and pushed and they probably
1: could have scored more if they I would mean, have pushed. But they didn't. We weren't, weren't testing the Italians in, in defense at all. Like no. That that team, that, that defensive Italian team, like if you put a pacy striker up against them and just kind of like at least try some long balls over the top and stuff. England mm. can't do that because they've got Harry Kane, you know, running through Treacle. On, on, a, <laughs> on halfway line or like in his own box picking at the ball. No, that in game, his own that, box. <laughs> that, that game was built for someone like I know I'm going to be am biased, but you know like someone like Jamie Vardy or something. You know, just something to to stretch and kind of stretch the the back line and you know do something different. How did you feel about the last minute subs of Rashford and uh, Sancho? Yeah, it kind of kind of makes made sense. You want to bring people on who can, um, you know, who take take penalties. And I've seen both of those players score penalties before, countless times. I said to everyone during the game, I said, "We're going to lose on penalties. Like,
0: don't go to the penalties." And I left. <laughs> I le- I didn't watch the penalties. I was around a friend's house, and I took the. I was with the kids. I said, "Right, we're going. Get in the car." <laughs> I didn't watch the penalties. I Why drove not? home. I- because I, I knew we were going to lose. I said, well, I, can't, I can't be asked Can't be asked to watch that. I drank my wife and she said, oh, bad luck. And I went, what? I said, yeah, England just lost. I don't know. Oh, Where was she? So enjoying herself, probably. She's getting drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, she always does. <laughs> <laughs> so, World Cup is going to
1: be ours next time. Well, I think you have to win a penalty shootout if you want to win one of these tournaments. You have to win at least yeah. one penalty shootout. And I just, I just think if if it gets to penalties now, I think that old England problem is just going to happen again and again. It's kind of, it's been a lifetime of it, and I can't see it stopping from there. There we go,
0: wrapped up. So, uh, England never going to win a major tournament. Are you red, son? Are you red, son? On your red? Sports news. Ed knows a team that does always
2: win, but maybe not from fair means. Ed, what's the story? This is a story that um, a match-fixing scandal in Ghana, Ashanti Gold um, lost, se- yeah, lost 7-1 it, to Inter Allies. Uh, the reason they lost by that score is suddenly, at, I think they were losing 5-0 um, at this point, One of the defenders for Inter-Allies, disguise realised that he thought the match-fixing was going on. So he just went and scored two own goals. Um, yeah, he, so he did this on purpose because there was a big betting ring going on. Uh, it, it really is quite outrageous watching the goals. Uh, and, like, no-one really knows what's going on. It's, it is a lot like you're deliberately trying to lose in on one of our battle royales uh, on, like, Pro Evo or something like that. And suddenly, someone's gone, right, I've had enough. Smack a ball in my own net. Yeah. I
0: misunderstood this. I misunderstood. I thought that those two goals contributed to the the correct final score, but he was doing it as a protest. Yeah. Believing that match fixing was going on. Okay, yeah. that makes more sense. Because I was like, those are the worst <laughs> two goals you could score when you're trying to set a match fixing. Oh, I passed it into my own net again.
2: No, no. Yeah. So he spotted that, like he spotted what he he was like, I think I think everyone. Yeah out of all 24 people in this, you know, sorry, 22 players, and the other coaches and stuff, everyone had something in this. And I think for some reason, this uh, Hashim Musa decided that He's actually- He'd been left out. He was fuming. Well, maybe, yeah. He's fuming, but he, he realised what was going on or, or, or has suddenly had a sort of uh, active conscience and decided, no, I'm not gonna have this. And he scored two own goals.
0: Dan, now you strike me as a person who would definitely fix a match if you could. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are you are are bent as a five bob note. What's
1: (laughs) what's your what's your take on this? Uh, I think it's pretty brave of this guy who's doing this protest, um, because presumably a lot of people have lost a lot of money now. So he's going to probably have to go into hiding. Oh yeah, so and mafia are
2: probably going to be after this guy, aren't they?
1: Well, he's not. He's he's he's,
2: he's annoyed all of his team. He's got, he's got the other team in a lot of prob- trouble with the Ghanaian FA. Um, so, yeah, he's got a lot of enemies now. So, the toasty message is if
0: there's fixing going on, keep your bloody mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I would, my eyes get open the question is have you ever been in a situation where you could you know, potentially take a bribe for something? And I am in that situation because I do these you know, English Cambridge exams. And some people need these to get onto master's courses, some people need them for certain jobs, you know? <laughs> and they never kind of, you know, approach you going, Look, here's hundred Euros. Just come on. No one's ever tried to so grease. I, and the I car. wonder whether I would I wonder whether I would accept a bribe in that
2: situation. If I offer you two million pounds to fix my two children's exams.
0: Are you kidding? Yeah, of course I would. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, I have to say officially, that's a joke. Uh, if anyone from Cambridge is listening, <laughs> I am as straight as a die, uh, as, as, as long as a day is long, whatever the phrase is. Uh, two million, I think that would be too tempting just to doctor uh, a Cambridge exam, because what's the worst that can happen? is that I I don't actually know what the worst is, but I, I, well, I obviously <laughs> I'd lose my job as an examiner.
1: Yeah,
2: but yeah. But that for
0: million.
1: me is not, that wouldn't be the end of the world, you know? No. Wouldn't you be chased out of the school system for being a
2: um, a bent teacher? I don't think so. You just get chased out of the examining system.
1: So <laughs> you, just, you
2: might struggle to get another job, but I guess you'd, you'd be sat on your £2 million uh, cash reserves. Oh. There
1: are a lot of things I'd do for £2 million. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a long list on his wall there. He'd never have to work again. So, you know. It, yeah, I'm I went too literally. high, didn't I, though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you are realising <laughs> that we're like morally yeah. <laughs> compromised. <laughs> and also Woodsy would have done it for a tenner. Yeah. I mean you, you um ate a worm, didn't you, for five pounds <laughs> or something once. Was it ten pounds or five I pounds? Ten, I think it was a
0: tenner. I mean it was a tenner. Yeah. Easiest money I ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Worm went down like an absolute tree. A protein hit and 10 pounds in my back pocket to buy some cans of lager at university. <laughs> Lovely. Well, Dan, you mm. write you
1: write for business. You
0: do you do you, have you ever get inside information that you do inside trading on?
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I've 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 been get, that is my job to find out information that people don't know about. Um so I, I do get the information, but I'm, I'm not allowed to shares or anything like that about the companies you know i'm writing about so i'm not allowed to you know that that is insider trading so literally you're yeah. you're not allowed to do that so yeah I've, had, I've 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 had known loads of things over the years that would have made me decent money but i can't he actually look how he keeps a straight face while he says that he keeps a straight face yeah. a really, you know solemn look on his face he'd never do it And also because I don't have any money in the first place. So, uh, you know, I'm on a a journalist's wage. So, uh, you know, when when I was working at all these papers and stuff, you know, it's not like they give you loads of money and you're investing in in shares. and It's just, just, no, that doesn't happen. There are people who find out insider information and trade on it on the stock market and stuff. So there, there is a lot of stuff like that that goes on.
0: Entertainment toast,
1: world news. They absolutely love their chicken here in New Zealand. And they love it deep fried with um, a blend of 13 herbs and spices. (laughs) 10 or 12 or 13. (laughs) They're obsessed with KFC, honestly. It's hard to even describe. Really? When lockdown ends, all of the KFCs in New Zealand have like massive queues of traffic, like people waiting to get their KFCs. People are talking about it on the news, like it, hit, it hits the, the evening news, people queuing up for KFC. Yeah, they're mad for it, basically. And um, recently, Auckland has been in lockdown. That's the most highly populated city in New Zealand. And they had like a, a border put in place on the motorway, so you can't get in or, in or out because the, the neighboring areas aren't in lockdown. So Aucklanders haven't been able to get their KFC. Now, one um, entrepreneurial fellow, has snuck out of the Auckland border into the rest of New Zealand, gone to the nearest KFC and loaded up an illicit few bags of KFC for him and his mates, trying to smuggle them back in to Auckland. A car, car boot full here, it says. A car boot full, yeah, with a street value of um, <laughs> 12 pounds, 10,000 New Zealand dollars. You know, it's because no one could get their KFC. So the, I reckon they're probably going to sell it on for a inflated uh, margin. And um, yeah, so they were caught, and the police displayed the bust, and um, like a drug bust, they had all of the KFC on top of the police car. Pictures <laughs> were taken, and uh, yeah, it made the news. And I think the actual the person that tried to do it got arrested because they had uh, a load of drugs in there as well. So the KFC, <laughs> a bootload of KFC and drugs. A hundred thousand in cash they had on
2: them. That's just the change from the KFC. But we think we think they were trying to sell the KFC as well as other things
1: yeah they would have gone and like tried to
2: sell it because you can't get it in Auckland at that time do you think it's going to go cold surely unless they had people set up like a delivery driver people would I presume eat it cold or
1: try and heat it up um this has happened before in New Zealand someone tried to sell a McChicken sandwich or something like that on <laughs> <laughs> on their version of eBay basically that they've got over here. What? i also made the news a few months ago. So like, they love that takeaways here. I mean, presumably the hundred
0: grand was the main area of suspicion, but yeah, the the picture is impressive of the amount of KFC that's on the car. um Well, that's well, yeah.
1: I suppose it's <laughs> about five, six or seven big bags of KFC, several at buckets, at least, yeah, five or six. And if you two were going to smuggle a, a fast food meal what which one would you choose if you obviously there's a risk of being arrested here like these people were for crossing the border which is illegal so um what would you risk your um clean cr- criminal record for
0: you know I'm, I'm quite posh these days i think i'd go for some sort of enormous sushi <laughs> sushi sushi uh, <laughs> a big, a big david sushi <laughs> <laughs> hello can
1: i have some <laughs> sushi
0: please <laughs> Uh, Yeah, sushi, that's what i go for, I think. Just because I imagine you can get some probably really expensive sushi with some top ingredients, you know, so I'd be thinking of it that way. Um, And it's tasty and I like it. But, you know, I would never bother smuggling any of the fast food restaurants food because although sometimes I do get a craving when I drive past the big posters of Burbank in which there are a lot of where I live, Mm, I'm always disappointed <laughs> always disappointed, I always going to get it I go and get the burger every so often and afterwards I feel like it was just a big
2: mistake Yeah I think I'm similar I don't really have a I don't really like um, any burger change too much I'm thinking maybe like a burrito might be, that would be the top of my list something like that Burrito? Might, you know, that, that burrito. Might, yeah No. Not a fan would do you? Not for a special
0: smuggling trip. No, 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 no.
2: Well, I don't really think sushi is fast food. So, you know, I'm not having yours. Depends on how fast (laughs) you eat it. Touche. Touche, (laughs) touche. So, Dan, what about you? Would you have any smuggling um, desires? I would really like some Jamaican food. I can't get
1: hold of that in New Zealand. But I would probably, if I was to to commit a crime, Mm -hmm. to get some sort of meal, it would be maybe like some Jamaican jerk chicken or something.
2: There's got to be an easy way as we fair they were unlucky they got stopped, aren't they? Did you but guys well did you guys ever get stopped during lockdown, any lockdowns?
1: Yeah, I I got stopped the other day, about two weeks ago. And why were you stopped? Because I was I was coming off the motorway driving toward my house and there was like a police checkpoint. Everyone was getting pulled over. Like, why why did why was I out on the motorway? they basically said. And I'd been to the doctors, so I was like, I literally went to go and get a COVID test. And they were like, oh. And then she like stepped back like five or ten <laughs> steps and waved me through. But, but I was just thinking, what I've been doing.
0: funnily enough, I got stopped on my way to buy Chinese food. <laughs> 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 I actually went on a little trip on my, on my moto to a Chinese supermarket, not to buy takeaway, but to a Chinese supermarket because... I hadn't eaten any noodles for ages and i was like i want to go and get some good sauces and stuff and they were like we and they were like were you uh why why are you out uh you know this i i was like well um buying food and you know at the time you could buy go out to buy food that's fine but you're supposed to obviously go to close the supermarkets so like where do you live i was like well
1: say hmm, t- t-
0: t- five minutes on the bike <laughs> And uh, there was no problem. I had my bag of shopping with me and they let me off. But like it was it was uh, I thought they might find me or something for being like too far away to. Well, you don't need to buy noodles. Dude. I was like, well, in my local supermarket, I don't have them. So, uh, yeah, I did. I did risk the wrath to get some uh, Chinese sauces. Yeah. You're not going to
2: go back on your sushi and say, actually, it would be, you know, some noodles.
0: <laughs> well, I was missing. I was missing Chinese food because the the main supermarkets near me don't really have much Asian uh, food, so I often have to go to a special Chinese supermarket that's not not it's too close, but you know, yeah. So that was Well, yeah, that's the
2: closest <laughs> that that's the closest you're going to get, isn't it? For this, you know, this question, really.
0: Yeah, you you know, yeah.
2: fought the law, risked it all.
0: Yeah, and the worst thing was I felt like I, like a you know I felt really bad. I felt like I was really kind of you know. Being a bar instead of breaking the law, and you know I wasn't. And really, I just went, to popped to the supermarket and stuff for, to get some a few ingredients. But you know, it's funny how when you get stopped, you feel like uh, you know, yep, in for the high jump.
2: Right. So, wait, let's, let's, was your, what was your what was your opening gambit to make small talk with the policeman when he stopped you?
0: Ah, uh, we were uh, talking curry sauces. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because he started talking to me about this stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, well, I do like the curry sauces here, actually. Yeah, they don't eat, they don't eat much in Spain, so and that's something." He's like, "Yeah, no, I like to, I like to make the Asian food as well." Good, excellent.
1: Well, that was a situation where you definitely shouldn't have tried to pay a bribe. I bet you, did that. Did that come into your head if they would have said, <laughs> "We're going to take the moped off you"?
0: Well, I really was pushing the curry sauce. I was saying, "This is delicious, and <laughs> if you want, if you want to try." You know, I'm not even looking. Bribe? would a bribe work in that situation? I wouldn't. If it's for a COVID thing, I wouldn't. I would take the money. I would, I would, I would. Okay. Uh, okay, You're crooked as crooked as they very come much. with <laughs> thanks, very, thanks, very much.
2: <laughs> thanks very much for your time. The only way there, sir. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I can imagine if you had any power, you'd be stopping anyone and going, well, there is an easier way out of this, sir. <laughs> We've got stories Stories about strange views, people mistreating their precious loons. Did you know female sheep are called ewes? Oh yes, it's nonsense, whatever we choose.
0: Yes, it's important, world news. Talking about bribes and people being bent, politicians! Yes, this is the next story. Ian Botham has been uh, named the kind of trade czar for the Conservative Party uh, in Australia. Uh, so he has a new kind of political job to go out to Australia and represent the country. Um, and it got us thinking about politicians uh, who were formerly sports men or women. And there's, there's quite a lot of form here, no? Like what, what sports people... Turn politicians come to the, to your head, like,
1: just off the top of your head there? Uh, Sebastian Coe. He was like a... He's a lord or something, isn't he, now? And he... Uh, obviously, Olympic champion, former Olympic champion. So he's quite a prominent mm-hmm. one. You've got... Um, George Ware. George Ware, yeah. I believe one of the Klitschko brothers is into politics in Ukraine. Yeah. I think Manny mm-hmm. Macchiaul, the boxer, I think he wants to run for president in... Philippines, good top examples. Anyone else? Hmm. Imran Khan, I think he. Yeah, sounds about or right. Or is Prime Minister? What about Jesse the Body Ventura, <laughs> a
0: Navy SEAL and Vietnam vet who shot to fame as a wrestler, um, and he went on to be the city mayor of Minnesota. So there you go. That was another one. And you've got a lot of the big ones already.
1: Uh, Romario was another one. But I, I was going to ask you. Wasn't, I was going to ask you what which um, sports stars current or past. So would you, you store support size for politicians? Yeah, what would we like to see? Yeah, who would you appoint and to what role? Shall I shall I start off? My 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 appointment would be uh Chris Eubank as um education secretary. I think he could help people. Equal-
0: <laughs> any particular reason any particular reason for that oh, he, you know,
1: <laughs> I think his uh ed, you know elocution and uh use of language um would be fantastic to be you know we could all implement Eubank isms into the English curriculum across the across the schools I think you know our schools will be better off for it I can imagine he'd be quite quite dr- draconian no <laughs> yeah Chris exactly Eubank. I think he'd bring back the kind of 1940s teaching style wouldn't he Chris Eubank
0: yeah it'd be a stickler for you know uniforms
1: and uh, and uh, I don't know writing lists something like that I think Eubank in any of the big roles would be quite funny wouldn't it I mean you could <laughs> imagine him as prime minister at number ten. Imagine the suits he'd be wearing. Just, <laughs> just ah, think here. What role would the ultimate warrior play in the British cabinet? I don't know. Foreign secretary. People talk about the Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, as uh, potentially being a future candidate for president in America. If, if Donald Trump couldn't do it, Tom Daly, social secretary. Social secretary is. Or secretary.
0: <laughs> What does that even mean? He's a party guy. <laughs> uh, Tom D- Tom Daly for what? Well, I don't know. What I uh, need to give me some posts here. What, what are the posts these days? Uh, culture, sport, and all that jazz. I think yeah. he do a good job. He's a he's a complete favourite, isn't he? Like the UK loves Tom Daly. If anybody don't doesn't know him, he's a, he's a professional diver. If anyone doesn't know what diving
1: is, uh, it's probably best you don't bother looking into it. <laughs> There's no one sillier than Chris Eubank, is there? So it would no, I think we should just well, talk about different roles yeah. that Eubank could do <laughs> Prime Minister,
2: education secretary. He he, he had, does drive around in a big lorry, doesn't he?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, there yeah, he true. Could,
2: Transport secretary, I mean, yeah. yeah, he could solve the current problems going on in the UK. We've got no lorry drivers. Maybe Eubank gets involved, starts a campaign, then becomes transport secretary,
1: and he does a great job, and rises about, to Prime Minister. What a,
0: <laughs> what about David? What about David Ginola for our French envoy, French ambassador? I mean, do, ambassador. Yeah, ambassador. Uh, yeah, ambassador. Yeah, he'd do a good job, wouldn't he? Yeah,
2: but he'd be, he wouldn't be able to trust him.
0: He'd be oh, a double. It's... He'd be a
2: double agent. No, he'd be the, he'd be boy, French. he's
0: French. You can't have
2: him. No. Uh, can he be the <laughs> the French ambassador in England? He can be the thing. Yeah, yeah. He could be the British ambassador for the French. That's the one. Yeah. I think just put you back into (laughs) that role.
0: (laughs) Any ambassador ambassador role. You just get sent to another
1: country country each week. Just
0: just send (laughs) him to Paris to shake things up. Good. Right. Let's go back to world news. And uh, funnily enough, we're going (laughs) to one of our home countries, and this is Spain. Uh, And now I know what you're thinking. Spain is a land of opportunity And bureaucratic efficiency. Yes, yes, yes. But not on this occasion, because uh, 18 years ago, uh, a baby was accidentally given to the wrong mother. And they've only just found out. Uh, Well, they've only found out. This is a few few months ago now. The daughter is after three million damages, after ending up with the wrong family. Uh, So the complaint uh, found out that at the age of 15, she had no genetic links to her supposed parents, and that a mistake was made by an employee at Lograño Hospital in 2002. Um, so, yeah, she was accidentally handed or switched with another newborn at the hospital and handed to the wrong parents. Um, and then, yeah, there was there was some sort of issue with um, the parents split up. And then they so, I don't know, they asked for a DNA test and then it turned out that neither of them was the parent of the baby.
1: I mean, as, as, uh, as, uh, so my question is, what would you be asking for? Well, i will be asking for more, more money than that. I mean, that's that's that ruins your whole life, basically, as 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 administrative cockups go and uh, workplace errors go. I mean, it's a pretty big one, isn't it? I mean, I'd be looking for at least ten, at least ten million. But what if you? But what if you found
0: out and you you'd ended up with a kind of a good family, like a kind of a super rich family? <laughs>
2: oh my, <laughs> like,
1: my real family was like rubbish. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh,
2: you would still sue and just go like great. I had the best of both worlds. I get a nice little payoff and I had the, I had the nice family.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I got, good, I got a good education and uh, I'll take this extra three million on top. That's the way to play it, for sure. Don't babies get like a little bracelet on their arms as soon as they're born? I got that in the 80s. They, they not do that? Yeah. How can you mix up a baby? I thought they get like a bracelet immediately on their arm, basically,
1: as soon as they come out. They generally don't take the baby out of your eyesight. Um, obviously, when, when our baby was born in November, there was no point at which she wasn't with us in the room, or we weren't in the same room. So I don't really know how it happened, but I it'd be a very, very strange
0: feeling, wouldn't it? To suddenly, the people you've lived with your whole life, you'd be calling mum and dad, to suddenly aren't. Well, I suppose it's the same kind of thing if, if, for kids who are not told they're adopted to maybe later on, or in their early teens, or something like that. And then you suddenly realise that they're not biological parents.
2: And then they realise that actually their parents are none other than Prince Charles and, <laughs> <laughs> and Camilla Parker Bowles.
1: Simon Charles
0: Durante Day. I'm quite surprised Durante Day's not tried that tactic, tried to get in touch with the hospital and said
1: there's been some sort of swap here. Yeah, well, he thinks it was a more sophisticated cover up. And who knows whether he's right, you know, it's, um, we'll find out soon. Uh, have you guys ever made an administrative cock up that cost your
0: employer three million pounds? That's left you with egg on your face, and
1: a child with a completely different set of parents. I mean, I don't think there is an error that anyone can make that <laughs> as big as that. Really, unbelievable. Imagine if you found out you're a, you're a nurse and like fifteen years later, and it's like, who was on that shift at that time? You're like, oh.
0: Well they, they're looking into it, but they're trying not to assign blame to anyone. But they've obviously, yeah, it's been investigated.
2: Yeah. We're gonna have a hoop nanny in a day. I'm ready for a holdown. Entertainment toasty. Ed Lambert. Steve Woods. Dan Yeah.
0: From nurses to birds. Hmm. Well, wow, we could getting serious again here. This is uh, we're getting into uh, into the realms of sexism.
1: Yes, um, ju- uh, the judge has ruled that calling women birds is plainly sexist. Um, after a banker took on their employer in a discrimination claim, so um, it was the the claim was involving other incidents, but part of it was um, an employ a boss using the word. Or referring to women as birds so uh yeah judges decided that that is um sexist language and obviously it's pretty um you know unprofessional to be saying birds or whatever but there is a linguistic element to this that bird is actually the old english for woman. i think that's the origin of, of why we call um women birds b-u-r-d-e mm-hmm. or b-i-r-d-e is an old english word for woman um So, yeah, history and social progress have kind of come into conflict here. So a bit of a funny one. Um, I would say I probably don't agree.
0: I bet bet that we were straight in his defence. Well, uh, you say that, but all I am doing is using the old English word of forewoman. woman. So, you know, (laughs) don't don't get your knickers in a
1: twist, love. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's... It's not, I think it's, I think it's workplace language, especially if you're in that kind of business, maybe at a building site or something. But um, yeah, it's, um, it's a funny one.
0: So that the question is Have you been uh, accused of being sexist at work? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yes. So, you know, I think uh, this is a tightrope you've got to walk, isn't it,
1: these days? It's uh, you've got to be careful. I've always viewed it as like the female version of bloke or yeah birds and blokes and lads and I I view I don't view any of those as offensive things, but obviously you can use them in an offensive way. Like well, following on from that, Dan,
0: you, you wouldn't use birds to insult anyone and but and I enjoy slapping people's asses. But some <laughs> people <laughs> can get offended. I was once working uh an establishment and uh uh one of my oh. colleagues uh, Duncan, I always uh, slapped his ass, uh, and he quite enjoyed it. Uh, so, <laughs> but one of my female colleagues, I once gave her a slap as well. Just, you know, the same kind of jovial, <laughs> she was doing a bit of photocopying and uh, <laughs> a slap on the ass.
1: Is this really true? <laughs> I did
0: it. Is it true? I did it to everyone. Oh my God. She said, that's not, she said, that's not appropriate. And I said, Phew. She's well, right. Duncan enjoys it. She was right. She was right. Of course, she was right. But at the time, you know, there was, no, there was no kind of, you know, cheeky, you know, I want to touch your ass kind of thing. It was, you know, a good firm slap <laughs> that I gave to everybody on the team. we that, so so, uh, That's my, see. That's my, that's my defense and I'm sticking to it. Sorry, so, how old were you at this point? In my 20s.
1: Wow. Okay. And what kind of workplace was it? Yeah. Club. Uh, yeah. yeah, just uh, uh, <laughs> I don't want to go into too
0: many details, but uh, but no, but you know the point is it was done as an innocent in an innocent way, and you know it
2: was misconstrued <laughs> as not innocent. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's like it's like it's like the sixties, like Sean Connery. But my female, one of my other female colleagues said to me,
0: "Well." I mean she does she does wear outrageously tight jeans and you could strike <laughs> a match off that.
2: <laughs> and I said you're
0: right, of course you could. But that's not why I did it. <laughs> it's a friendly <laughs> it's a friendly pat. Just like a do to male or female
2: colleagues. But there you go. Outrageous. So you've got to be careful. That is outrageous. I mean that that to that to me. Is so different. You're the reason, would see that we can't use the word bird in the in the uh, workplace anymore. If you've like but dirty bastards like you, and, and slapping ladies'
0: bottoms. For me, intention is nine tenths of the law, and I think when it, everything's done, when it's done in the right way, you can you can, it can be.
2: <laughs> well, see, <laughs> you know. Know. But one one is like touching someone, and it's like it's it's like a different league. But to... hang on, what's worse? Right, let me let me frame this a little bit differently. What's
0: worse, kind of gently caressing a bottom of someone who's at the photocopier or, or giving a good slap in a way that you've slapped many bottoms in the past?
2: Well, they're both really bad for a colleague that he doesn't want it. Yeah, well, I don't know which where? better. I don't know what's better, so caressing or slapping. I really don't know.
1: Well,
0: caressing's pervy. Like there was no, there was no pervy. I don't know. It was. I think it was just a to you. It might not have
2: been pervy. Well, it
0: was a misconstrued uh, action. And all I'm saying is, you know, they'll see this happen a long time ago, but all I'm saying is...
2: Uh... <laughs> I just can't believe it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is that, you know, I think there's lots of grey areas when it comes to this kind of
1: thing. There's no grey area when it comes to slapping people on the arse. <laughs> it's, it's just not what you do. That's, that's, that's terrible.
0: Hang on, hang on. Okay, look at it this way, right? Okay, fine, right. Look at this way. Uh, A football coach slaps all the boys' asses as they've gone to the pitch.
2: (laughs) That's not okay.
0: Who does that? No, but adults,
1: adults, I mean, adults.
0: Yeah, they do, they do. Have you not seen footballers slap each other on the ass? Yeah, okay, Have you not seen a manager
1: ever slap them on the ass while they've gone to the pitch? Yeah, but that's just men amongst each other. Well, you know.
0: You're you're just dividing it uh, just because it's a woman. But if you see that person in an uh, in a, a non-sexual way then
2: yeah but i still i even though i think it's a it's a it's dodgy ground even just slapping like you you especially if you're the manager it's different if you're the players but i think the manager slapping them on the bottom is different
1: avoid all physical contact in the in the workplace well exactly this is yeah. this is things you learn. this
0: is
2: the things you learn as you grow up but the other thing is i reckon duncan is your it was your friend right in the office so yeah. you had a relationship that he happened to be your colleague, but he was also your friend. Yeah. So, whereas this girl who you were slapping. Well, bottom, you I know, thought maybe... there
0: was enough of a, a friendship
2: to. <laughs> yeah, so what, 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 what me and Danny today is, are we your friend? Are we good enough of you know level of friendship that you would like to slap our well, bottoms? You two have had many slaps on the bottom from me. So I don't know. There's
0: no, it's too, that, that, that ship has sailed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That... <laughs> I mean Dan's although Dan has rebuked me uh, whilst whilst uh, on a trip in Cambodia isn't it, Dan? <laughs> let's not go to that story <laughs> let's just say I've got history of slapping bottoms. <laughs> uh, and this this needs to be deleted now from the podcast <laughs> this is this is gold there we go so I think that concludes today's episode <laughs>